Welcome to the Seismic Spotlight Podcast. I'm Amy Bourbeau, co-founder of sustainability consultancy Seismic and a passionate B Corp expert. Our Seismic Spotlight series aims to shine a light on the people and businesses working to be an increasingly impactful force for good. This series is all about B Corps, a movement that is close to my heart and the gold standard certification for responsible business. We hope it inspires others to join the B Corp movement and make a seismic difference. Sipsmith Gin began in 2009 in a tiny workshop in London. Three great friends, Sam, Fairfax and Jared, set up London's first traditional distillery in nearly 200 years. The brand has always been instilled with purpose. Their original mission was to bring quality London dry gin back to the city where it first earned its name. And now, their mission is one of sustainability, a strategy they've called crafting a better future. In May 2021, they certified as a B Corp, formally setting in motion their sense of purpose beyond profit and pioneering positive changes within their industry. Their set of core values have been defined by their team, the people who make Sipsmith what it is today, and capture their commitment to becoming a force for good in the world. Sam Galsworthy, chairman and co-founder of Sipsmith, joins me to discuss their B Corp journey to certification. We managed to grab some time with Sam in a side room at their distillery, and his warmth and commitment to B Corp really shines through as he tells us about the continuous improvement mission of their Kaizen team, and how he sees B Corp certification as just the beginning of Sipsmith's sustainability journey. I hope you enjoy our Seismic Spotlight on Sipsmith Gin. Welcome to the Seismic Spotlight podcast, Sam. Hi, Amy. Great to be here. Thanks for including me. <laughs> Such a pleasure to have you here. Um, one of the uh, one of the first things that we like to dive into with our guests is to understand kind of where the decision to become a B Corp came from. As a as a co-founder of Sipsmith, especially, why why was it so important to you that you went on this B Corp journey, and how did you decide that this was right for you? Yeah, I mean, we took huge inspiration from the story of the B Corp founders and indeed from many uh, leaders and founders of businesses that belong to the B Corp community themselves. I mean, I found it the most inspiring and welcoming forum. Um, I completely underestimated that, actually. So I, I had the great fortune of meeting quite a number of people that had been through B Corp or belonged to B Corp. And, um, uh, and they really explained a lot of the reasons why they joined. And actually, a lot of them really resonated with, with, with us and the three founders and indeed the business at large. We wanted to find a better way of doing business, a more uplifting way. I mean, there was obviously that moral obligation that I think that, that a lot of conscientious leaders feel towards improving the way they're seen in the world, they're standing in the world. Um, it's no longer about shareholders, it's about stakeholders. And uh, um, and I think we started really listening to our team. You know, the, the noises that were coming out of our employee base about wanting to work uh, for a business that wanted to be a, a force for good, for a want of a better phrase, um, and uh, wanted to work for somewhere really inspiring. And, you know, they, they came up with our... Um, vision statement of being the best gin in the world that's the best gin for the world and um, and that's where we've got to today it's it's wonderful to hear and we 
certainly have noticed that enthusiasm from your team. So we at Seismic have had the pleasure of helping you Absolutely. a little bit. You didn't need much help at all because you're fantastic, but uh, <laughs> helping uh, you on on your journey. And there's such enthusiasm and commitment and such a genuine kind of drive from not only you, but the, the wider team, which is uh, just really encouraging and inspiring to see. Um, and not only the enthusiasm, but actually really well structured. You know, it's uh, as anybody who's tried this knows, it's quite a complex journey to go on. There's lots of things to consider and you yeah. really structured it well. Can you, can you explain kind of how you went about that? Okay. Now we've got the, the buy-in and everybody wants to do it. How do we, how, where do we start? How do we do this? Yes. I mean, it requires a lot of patience. Um, it requires a lot of diligence. Um, and um, we we really pulled back. When, when we looked at the assessment tool, we pulled back as a team, as a leadership team, and sort of wondered what the right approach would be. And actually, common sense was telling us that we needed to pull people from different sections of the business, sort of our people team, uh, people from our production, people from sales, people from marketing that could represent the, the different five areas um, of the assessment. I led the governance piece, and uh, but we developed a, a team that would champion those areas and elements. Um, and it wasn't uniquely them. They then went into their little teams as well. And, um, and we really broke down, unpacked the business as it stood then, which was a sort of 12-year-old business, and it's now 13-year-old. But it's so then, as a twelve-year-old business, we we unpacked it, had a look at all the different approaches that we could take, how brave and bold we were going to go up front, the quick wins, um, and really looked at how we would engage the wider stakeholders, not just the, the the business team themselves, but everyone outside. And I think we we underestimated. Um, to our peril to a degree, quite what it was going to take. And I think my first tip would be don't underestimate it. It's an elephant, it's a beast, but don't let that put you off either because what awaits at the other end is well, it's just a gloriously uplifting feeling. So we created a team called Kaizen, which means continuous improvement. And we had a team of people representing that and we met very frequently. We set lots of little goals, uh, like eating an elephant, you know, bit by bit. Um, and, um, and and it was really helpful doing that. Uh, we, we, we tried not to feel overwhelmed at all. And actually, I think the number one thing I did when I really think about the journey was getting outside help, not being afraid to ask for support. We went to the B Corp community. We went to Seismic, uh, who frankly were the game changer for us in getting us over the line because sometimes those last yards are the hardest ones. You think you've done a great job of recalibrating your engine of the business model. Um, and actually, it takes someone from the outside that perspective to look in. Um, so uh, it was a brilliantly exciting journey and, and one, I'm, frankly, is behind us, but uh, we're a better business for it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, you all managed it so well. And it's, it is such a great feeling, isn't it? Once you pass over that finish line and, you know, we, I think it's really important to recognize that actually that's the start of the journey, you know, becoming a, a, a certified B Corp is not the end of it. It's, it's, it's just the beginning, but it is also nice to take a moment to kind of pause breathe and congratulate yourselves on on getting to that major milestone so well done yeah, thank you we deserved and it we deserved that drink at the end 
seriously <laughs> deserved it. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And thank you for your kind words, by the way. I promise that we did not pay you to say that. <laughs> Certainly not, no. Wonderful. So to kind of understand the context, you you in 2016 were acquired by the third largest drinks company in the world, Beam Centauri. And uh, although Sipsmith is a very well-known and beloved brand, you're comparatively a lot smaller player in their portfolio that, you know, as compared to some of their larger brands and them themselves. Mm. How do you think though, that you as, as that smaller, relatively younger brand in the scheme of their uh, kind of wider parent company, how do you think you might be able to influence the, the wider company? Is that something that you're interested in doing? Yes. Um, and actually it's begun and I've been very surprised perhaps I shouldn't have been surprised at the influence that we uh, um, have had I mean I know Suntory and Beam Suntory um, our mother company actually have great vision great aspiration um, to do it but I you know we this tiny little minnow of a brand um, in comparison to some of theirs you know we have a seat at the leadership table um, for the sustainability movement that they're on called Proof Positive. And it's it's a real privilege to be able to contribute towards that 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 journey. And, you know, I think as a brand, we punch above our weight. I think um, we've been able to participate, help shape it. And I think been a bit of a Trojan horse in a way. I, I think we've, we've surprised, you know, even them. We'd have, we needed the sanction for the governance to, to change our articles association. Um, and um, and we wouldn't have been able to get that, you know, if we if we hadn't if they hadn't had a, a similar vision to what they wanted us to be as as, as we've wanted to be. Um, but um, but I think when it comes to influencing change, so much of it comes from the bottom. It comes from underneath, uh, and I think you can look at it like there's a sort of permafrost, and you've got leadership at the top that are desperate to make change, make it effectively, and make it long lasting, and you've got the, some of the smaller entities and small business units, markets, even pockets of people uh, of an enterprise that are underneath sort of melting the frost from underneath and the top coming in. And, and it's that sort of central permafrost of enterprise, large business particularly, which is the slowest to melt. Uh, and I think we have had a real influence from the bottom and, uh, and particularly being B Corp too. I think that we have really uh, made people sit up, listen, to what we have to say. Um, but again, as you say, we're only now, this is the firing gun for the beginning of our sustainability journey. Uh, we make no bones about the fact that we are perfect or experts, um, but um, we are amateurs, but passionate ones that are beginning to make a change. And um, the spotlight is very much on us uh, as a small brand in their portfolios, given the commitments that we've made. And um, But it's been a, yeah, we can influence them. They're now looking to you going, Okay, B Corp. Interesting. What next? <laughs> you're you're the uh, the shiny example, I guess. Yeah, we are. Uh, and um, uh, 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 but I think I like to think we've influenced some of the other brands within Beam Suntory to look at uh, the B Corp as well. In fact, I know that two of their brands now, as a result of us, are committing to the B Corp assessment tool. So that's fantastic. We there's a lot in the within the B Corp community and movement, there's a lot of um, talk of ripples 
and and yeah. the effect that you can have, you know, especially at this um, exciting time and growth of the B Corp community where it's, you know, it's it's really starting to mature and attract a, a larger, wider audience and being able to be that kind of pebble that causes the, mm. the ripple effect is, is really special. So it's, yeah. we love seeing you do that. And, you know, it's interesting talking to the point of you being smaller compared to your parent company being larger, et cetera. Something that I hear so often, it's quite entertaining actually, is small companies say, well, you know, this is a lot easier for big companies who have a sustainability team and massive budgets and, you know, the the kind of resource to be able to do this. And then larger companies say, this is really hard for us. We're, it's so much easier for smaller mm -hmm. companies who are more agile and ha are younger and able to maneuver more easily, et cetera. Do you have a view either way, uh, same with, you know, parent or independent do, do you find that it's it was easier or harder for you certifying as a as a subsidiary do you think mm. you would have been able to do this years ago when you were smaller and independent I, I, I don't think having a parent or not having a parent company in this instance made a jot of difference uh, we had shareholders before we have shareholders now um, it's got nothing to do with size either I think it is all to do with mindset. It's to do with the willingness that resides from within, from within a leader, from within his or her team, um, and the ability they think, uh, one, one might believe, to, to influence and inspire change, much needed change. Uh, and, um, you know, for us, we've presented the case of the sense of urgency. We've presented the case for why B Corp is absolutely the right platform for us to launch our sustainability strategy from. And um, they've all, they've sat up and, and, and listened. And I think this, you know, our shareholders would have sat up and listened prior to Beam Suntory. It's just wonderful having someone like Beam Suntory who've got the aspirations and frankly, good track record too um, in this space. To really back us but I, I think it's all up here and in the heart as well uh, i don't think it's necessarily got anything to do with governance or size um i'm, I'm really sure about that it's good to hear and I, I think you know a reminder as well something i like to remind people is that the assessment is tailored to companies based on their size and yeah. and the sector that they're in so you know, yes, there might be more sustainability elements to consider if you're a large manufacturing company than if you're a small, you know, service-based company, but yeah. the assessment takes that into consideration and then asks you the appropriate questions and scores them appropriately. So I think you're absolutely right. There's there's a, a, a beautiful kind of range and, and mix and cross-section of sizes and types of organization in the community. And it is that kind of mindset piece rather than any of the other kind of factors that yeah, come into completely. Yeah. completely. That's a great point. Mindset is everything. Mm. And uh, so on mindset, your your team that you mentioned, your internal team that manages the vehicle mm. processes, team Kaizen. Uh, Kaizen. So very much about that continuous improvement mindset, which is uh, so important, I think, to keep at the at the core of your vision you know as we said it's the start of the journey there's always somewhere to go there's always an opportunity to improve can you share with us a bit about how you've worked on 
really establishing this culture of continuous improvement and that mindset of, you know, looking to the next, next opportunity and the next evolution and how that's working? Absolutely. Yeah. Kaizen team, as I mentioned before, you know, a body of champions within the business that formed a, a really effective working group to win B Corp. That's now done. It's on the belt. It's behind us. So we've got a Kaizen 2.0 now. We've got a fresh new bunch of uh, uh, faces from uh, different corners of the business um, there to champion, but champion with a different purpose. And as you said, it is about instrumenting, influencing and embedding cultural change in the way that we do things. We're trying now to get muscle memory um, stronger in areas where behaviors need to change from resourcing, from sourcing, from decarbonization, from the efforts that we take from within our business and influencing change to make sure that our own team feel engaged as well as the outside world and the community that we affect both as our neighbors directly, uh, but also the wider community of, uh, of people that you know, want to uh, think differently about GN. Um, and so, you know, it is 2.0, Kaizen 2.0 are really now, they know the mission that they're on. It is about what can they do as champions to recruit new champions, uh, other ambassadors within sections of the business to make the necessary changes to ensure that Sustainability isn't just a, a siloed entity that is at the bottom of an agenda of a meeting um, or as a group of people that are there just to do sustainability. Actually, we all need to filter it um, and it be osmotic within every entity of the business. Um, so Kaizen's job is to bring that to life. Um, we're right at the beginning of this particular project, ask me in a year and I'll tell you, because I do think it takes a while for muscle memory uh, to really start strengthening. Um, and actually we've listened to so many different uh, B Corp businesses and, and, and what they've done. And actually it sounds like a lot of them have done the same, or we are doing a lot of the same things that they're doing, uh, being patient, um, but uh, um, being transparent, being authentic, calling out behaviors, uh, that we need to change, um, being honest about um, uh, about initiatives that, that could be better, scorecarding what we do, um, impact reporting, sharing that both internally but also externally, and engaging a lot with with, with our supply chain as well. Um, and uh, but you know we've set some big goals as well. For example, on the B Corp thing, we have a goal that's called twenty five by twenty five, which is we need to score 25 more points on the B Corp assessment by 2025. And that uh, we've got a plan about how all those uh, are going to cascade up to, to achieve that goal. It is not going to be easy. But, um, <laughs> you know, but I think a lot of it now, I think, is a continuous improvement. It's about listening, learning, assessing and acting. Um, we, we are all agents here. Um, but there's, there's no silver bullet. Absolutely. And it's so important to be looking to, as you said, kind of all corners of the business. And I think that your point on listening is mm. is such a key one, you know, making sure that you're not just barreling ahead with an obvious choice or it's a small group of people closed off in a room deciding what good looks like. And it's actually looking so to true. a wider range of stakeholders and understanding what 
everybody cares about and what people mm. would be proud to see happen and uh, what will create energy and enthusiasm and a genuine positive impact. It's, it's, it's a really important point to, to hear you say. And how does the wider team, so there's, you know, you have your, uh, you have your members of team Kaizen 2.0. Mm. How about the, the rest of the team? You know, you've, how did they respond and ha have they taken on this, uh, you know, the same kind of enthusiasm and in, you know, saying we are now a B Corp? That can sometimes it, be challenging. Yeah, do you know what? It was actually quite overwhelming. I remember announcing it to the company and, you know, lump in my throat, slightly watery eyes. I mean, I really was that kind of moment you 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 hope for as a leader and and so much of that overwhelm and emotion came from the size of relief the exuberance and excitement that the whole of the Sipsmith team felt because actually while we had a Kaizen team there were loads of people contributing they had to towards changing policies and um, instrumenting really difficult changes and hard yards that needed to be made so everybody felt it um, we have you know a number of different work streams within the business. We have a sort of a DNI team um, that have been doing a tremendous job uh, 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 and they've really influenced the journey. We have what we call um, our sipping for good team. They're our body of people that look at how we support the wider community, uh, philanthropy, volunteering, um, and general sort of mentoring and supporting of, of communities. They do a tremendous job as well as the Ministry of Sustainability, and they really look inwards at the business, at um, how we can instrument and affect change from within, ultimately scope one and scope two and the culture uh, that exists here and making sure that we're living to our values. And, and I think this is where accountability really plays such an important role. And I think what we've learned so much from the B Corp journey is about accountability because you, unless you're moving forward, your assessment in every three years, you're accountable for, you, you can go backwards worse, you know, the accreditation can be removed. And we take that very, very seriously, as do all of the different contributing factors and members of the team and the culture of the business um, relies on, on accountability now. And I think that is a core part of continuous improvement as uh, holding your feet to the fire. Absolutely. It's so helpful, you know, to have not only the B Corp framework to understand mm. what to do, but actually, like you say, that kind of deadline uh, and that public transparency of, well, we scored this this time. We know in three years time, we're going to have to recertify. And like you say, we, you could go backwards, but I think most people would agree it would be preferable to go yeah. forwards and and to maintain that. So it, it does... Um, create this sense of needing to keep up momentum mm. which is useful because unfortunately sometimes it can be quite easy for some of these initiatives to be seen as just an initiative rather than business as usual or for aspects to kind of fall onto the back burner when there's other you know very pressing obvious items that can that could be in the way yeah absolutely i mean you know we 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 have sustainability vision and goals that ladder up to that um you know but but, but also there's, there's the b corp scoring system so we sort of have two different metrics to look at ourselves in the mirror and hold ourselves you know reflective and accountable for you know 
yes, that's moving forward. And actually, that needle is actually driving the B Corp needle as well. Uh, but we don't take our eye off either. Um, but, um, yeah. Moving firmly forward. That's mm. great. So uh, something that is, I think, wonderful about the B Corp community is that all types of companies, as long as they're for-profit companies, can certify. And it's not just services or products that innately create some kind of a, a positive impact. You have the, you know, being an, an alcohol company, a company that sells alcohol, mm -hmm. you have the classic considerations that every company has of how do we run our business in a responsible way and how what's the, the kind of how. But then you have an added element of responsibility in the fact that your product, if, if, if not handled responsibly, can in certain cases create harm or be slightly volatile. How, how do you take on that responsibility of, you know, of being an alcohol company and how do you balance that mm. with your, you know, the, the what of what you do along with the how? Mm. Yes, uh, it's not lost on us at all and it never has from the very beginning. And, and when Jared Fairfax, myself, founded the business, you know, we it was entirely based upon quality, choice uh, um, and uncompromising quality um, and I think a lot is in our name you know sip smith sipping is about responsibility it's about appreciation it's about feeling inspired and uh, and smithery is about using your hands to really craft things in the right way um, and 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 that's quite difficult to scale in a way. So so there's that there's that element of responsibility that resides in the name, and we we we're, we're really proud of that. But I think our responsibility goes beyond that, and it, I think it's you know sustainability for someone like Sipsmith goes beyond just the alcohol, for example, the gin that's in the bottle. Um, uh, um, you know, it actually is. It's, it's about the bottle. It's about how we source our ingredients. It's about um, the mission to decarbonize. It's about how we support the community, um, both in the drinks industry, but also, you know, the wider, the wider thing. I think the danger is often just siloing sustainability around uniquely the service or consumer good that you do. And actually, sustainability is, you know, at large is a systemic uh, um, entity and it, and it requires systems thinking to really, th you know, uh, apply sustainability mentality to it. So you need to think more broad brush um, and, and, and in a more interconnected way. Um, and so we, we're constantly looking at that. And I mean, one example, I think, is, you know, this last year, we've, I mean, it took us two years to, to, to craft this, but we, we, we've launched a non-alcoholic uh, gin um, called Free Glider, which is there, we listened to our uh, our stakeholders and they said you know actually we, we we don't want to drink gin all the time could you try to provide a choice for us that is still an adult experience we still need that ritual that that moment to express ourselves and unwind but actually we do you know we we we, we um we want that sense of responsibility and, and balance with it and so we created free glider and um so i, th I think that's an, an an example a working example there are others besides the that sipsmith is really looking at systems thinking approach of sustainability beyond just you know the mission which was always to make people think differently about gin that was really how sip smith came about uh, and that mission will never stop lots of uh innovation 
mm. ahead, which is, yeah, we, we love to see that it's exciting about the, the non-alcoholic option. And um, also we've seen recently that you've partnered with uh, another friend of Seismic Packed Coffee. Yes, to absolutely. Put together, uh, yeah, wonderful coffee gin concoction, which looks absolutely delicious. I mean, partnerships and collaboration is the one thing I've taken away not the one thing, but I, I, you know, on a personal, everybody takes something away from sustainability, particularly the B Corp community. You know, the, the the interworkings of these businesses that sometimes compete, that partner together to affect change, um, is is really inspiring, and you know, gives you goosebumps sometimes. So you know, yeah, partnering with Pact to launch our new Sipspresso gin. Uh, um, as, as, as a, yet another working example, and, and there are others besides. I think you multiply the effect of impact when you partner with someone who's on a not dissimilar mission, um, and the overlap um, is really a sweet spot, and um, that's exactly what's happened with, 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 with them. And I think there are other working examples too. I look at our global partnership with Wimbledon, tennis and the tournament there, you know, a service provider, if you will, but, you know, the the lengths that they go to in uncompromising quality, the lengths that they are aspiring to go to in sustainability uh, and circularity, um, an area we've just found ourselves moving into as well, um, has been uh, um, really inspiring. Um, you know, and so working with them on a specific project dialing in to solve a problem um, working with someone is not only more effective it's great fun and uh, working with the guys on the sustainability mission at, at Wimbledon um, has and I know will continue to be um, a, a really inspiring journey. So inspiring and you know this is the thing is that there's you know as I've mentioned before we've got this broad cross-section of companies in the in both in the B Corp community and and you know just on this sustainability journey in general. And while there might be a, you know quite a, a variety of, of uh, products or services that you're providing, actually so many of us are working towards the same goals. You know, ultimately it boils down to the same thing and to have that diversity of thought and to be able to share and learn from each other and work together. It doesn't really matter the medium that you do it through. What matters is that we're all moving in the same direction and learning, and growing together rather than asynchronously. Yeah, so it's completely right. Yeah, it's wonderful to see. Yeah. So you are now certified. You've kind of it's been a bit of a, a whirlwind <laughs> of a of a of a journey, I think, for you. I uh, I think imagine you've learned a lot along the way. Knowing what you know now. What would you do differently, if anything? And also, what advice would you give to other companies who are embarking on this journey? What a great question. Um, there are many things <laughs> we'd have done, done differently. Um, but at the same time, it got us to where we are. And I'm very proud of that. Um, I probably would have started sooner. Mm -hmm. I probably would have ignored the size of the prize, the size of the job to be done. Um, I would have asked for help sooner. Um, I would have probably thought 
I would have probably taken less off my own shoulders and attempted to share the burden more widely within the company to engage um, yet more people. Um, and uh, I would probably look to the outside uh, um, earlier as well, not just in consulting terms, folk like yourselves, but, you know, two other B Corps. I, I like the idea of having been mentored uh, um, by, mm. by others. And, um, you know, we, we weren't necessarily, but, you know, I love the idea of potentially being one of those, I think they're called B leaders, where you can actually really inspire others, help them on their journey. Uh, and I think anyone listening, tuning into this, you know, on that journey, you know, when you've finished with this podcast, look at a business you admire and, um, and really ask them if they'd be open to uh, supporting the mentorship of your business going through. Because had we asked that early enough to any number of businesses, they'd have said yes, because I've never had a no from anyone in the B Corp community about it. asking for information, asking for help, um, asking for contacts asking for products, um, you know, there's just this extraordinary community. You know, and I think people need to tap into that earlier and not attempt to undertake it all on their own shoulders. Um, keep the faith as well. I think um, with all these things, I, I, I've known, and I bet you along, I bet your history since B Corp came about is littered with businesses that have probably given up. Um, and, I, and I would just, encourage everyone who has felt close to throwing in the towel not to um but to think of it as a competition as a game and uh an attempt to win i'm a highly competitive individual and, <laughs> uh, and, that, and that actually really that really helped um and being coached from the sidelines from some um, other leaders was was tremendously helpful i think i think it does help the the competitive angle it's um you know something that we always make sure is a uh, is true and is a focus. Is it look? It isn't just about the points. Nothing should ever be done for the sake of it for the points. But the points are there to recognize positive impact, and it helps to have something that that helps you to measure your progress. And for those who have a bit of a competitive nature. Hey, why not? Why not encourage people, you know, to to want to improve their impact and to want to uh, to be a bit competitive about it, whether it's in internally or 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 externally. It's uh, it's it's kind of fun. It's a good. And actually, I mean, you know, uh, uh, um, we didn't do it to get a competitive edge on other gin companies or what is a you know an incredibly competitive category and in industry. Um, it has certainly given us an edge. We have been um, invited in uh, and how have longer, more meaningful conversations with uh, customers than we, we did before. So it really has given us a point of distinction um, with our, uh, you know, with, with suppliers um, upstream and downstream. Um, so our customer base are, you know, they're all, they're all in. And so I actually sort of, in an unapologetic way, uh, would declare that we kind of went for it, you know, in order to have something that our competitors didn't. That said, if any of our competitors and frames of reference uh, um, wanted to know how to get B Corp, um, I would be very open source about it. And uh, and that, that I think is what you, that's what's so infectious about the B Corp community and what happens when you get it is you just want to help even your competitors mm -hmm. too. 
have a positive impact. I love what you said there about you've never had a no from from the B Corp community, mm. and that really is, you, you know, I I I've never spoken to anybody who has a bad thing to say about the B Corp community and the open door nature of it and how inviting it is, and I think that that is really one of the you know, one of the top shining benefits of of being a B Corp is that you become a part of this uh, of this community and there's support and opportunities for fun and learning and uh, innovation out there. So it's um, and it's really nice to hear some concrete examples of that from you at various stages of the journey mm. and also the offer to continue to do that for other aspiring B Corps. Yeah. So, and actually with that in mind of other aspiring B Corps, the question that we always like to ask is who would be your dream company to join the community? If you could pass the baton on to any uh, one specific organization, who would you invite to step up and to certify? Well, I, when I drink my gin, um, it's usually with a tonic <laughs> and I couldn't think of a better marriage than having another B Corp brand uh, such as Fever Tree. I'd love to see Fever Tree or any other tonic brands out there really try to target um, you know, securing B Corp. I know Fever Tree particularly do a, ter a terrific job in sustainability, and I think they probably find it quite, um, quite easy to get. So I'd, I'd love to see them. But I also know that Maker's Mark, uh, my, my favorite um, whiskey of all time, an American bourbon, has been uh, um, since I've been old enough to, to sip. Um, I'd love to see them secure the B Corp too and leading the charge in the American drinks industry. Um, I think they cast a big shadow over there and I think they'd be a tremendous um, uh, um, contributing factor to, uh, to the B Corp community. I definitely second you on that. And I just think, would there be anything more satisfying at the end of a day than to pour yourself a fully B Corp gin and tonic amen that would be pretty cool <laughs> <laughs> so okay fever tree other tonic brands there's a challenge out there yeah. stuff up and certify definitely wonderful hopefully they listen and we can be welcoming them to the community soon as well yeah brilliant well thank you so much sam for your time and your thoughts and wisdom on this and for being such a positive shining example of a of a b corp and a, and a b corp a real advocate for the b corp uh, movement thank you for that and i hope you've enjoyed your time with us today on seismic spotlight i've loved it and thank you um to everything that you guys continue to do appreciate it such a pleasure thank you for listening to the seismic spotlight podcast i hope you've enjoyed this episode Please download the other episodes in our B Corp series to listen to more inspiring stories from companies working to be the change. If you enjoyed listening to Seismic Spotlight, please subscribe to hear more. It's available on Apple and Google Podcasts and Spotify. Please share the podcast and review us with five stars if you liked it. Seismic is a sustainability consultancy that exists to change society for the better and fix our planet. We believe that business has a pivotal role and responsibility in leading the way to make this happen. Everything we do is about helping businesses to prosper by becoming an increasingly impactful force for good. We urge you to change the way you do business. 
your stakeholders, your shareholders, and the planet will thank you.